Okay, welcome to Two Guys Lose the Plot. Uh, it's episode five. Didn't you put money on that we wouldn't even make it this long? I did, actually. Um, look, I'm uh, a quarter of a mil in the hole. And here we go. Two guys lose the plot. Who said you could work with men? Pop collared f- Is that Latin? There is friendship. No wonder you failed the teaching. Seriously, you're bringing that up now. Understanding. Go f*** yourself, man. Go back to the Soviet Union, Pinko. I'm not taking this kind of abuse from you. Brotherly love. You are going to be the end of all civilized life. This from a guy who dressed up as Wolverine and used... No, 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 no. Tinfoil as claws. So I hear your wife is trying to actively poison you now. A whole lot of abuse. Get off my property. That's it. This friendship's over. I'm out of here. And now, two guys lose the plot. Listen... I think we uh, swear too much. What the fuck are you talking about? For this show, I think I'm going to try not to swear. You know, instead I'm going to try and use some old-time slang. Avoid the salty language. Salty? Who talks like that? You know, scallywags, rascals, rabble-rousers, you know. Uh, okay, let's see how long this lasts. Let's make a bet. Okay, if you swear on the next show... You have to down a can of... No. No, wait for it. No. Stony. Oh, jeez. You, you, look, you, you, get, you look disgusted. Nah. For those of you that don't know, Lee's not very fond oh. of soft... Oh. Please, man, please. Lee's not very fond of uh, soft drinks. No, no, that's just too gassy. It just like, it swells me up like a balloon. And uh, especially Stony. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't, never understood that drink. What is the problem with Stony it's, and you? It's, it, there's no ginger in it. It's just... Burn. It's fire in your mouth. Not fire in the belly. No, it just it, it strips your gullet as it goes down. I just I've never understood it. It just seems the most unpleasant drink, you know. Yes, I'm thirsty. I'll drink fire. It's it's got a kind of poetic way about it. No, it's not. It's, I've just never quite understood it. I mean, the can itself, it's brown. There's nothing. I'll have the brown can. I like please. the I like the, the I like the labeling on the can though. That like mm-hmm. that um, that ornate font. Yes, I mean, uh, look, it is. It's, it's, it's very quintessential South African. It's, everyone has their <laughs> their history with stony, but it's just <laughs> it's just never a thing I've kind of been attracted to. It. I just I think it just tastes terrible. It's not very pleasant tasting. All right, at all. fine. You you lose the bet. That's that's what you have to do. Okay. What but is then, my what is my my penance if I lose? I want your Robocop pop. Not long that took to get. I was joking, but now I actually do really want it. No, no, no. I waited months for that thing. And besides the fact that it's a very important part of my collection, that he's just started to make inroads with the Little Mermaid pop on the shelf opposite from him. And what's going to happen on their wedding night? They'll work it out. But, That's not my business. But I don't think any of them have genitals. No, neither of them have genitals. We've got half a, half a robot, half a man, half a fish, half a woman. <laughs> the children are going to be teased mercilessly. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to be... The man who stands in the way of love. That's true. You've always been a hopeless romantic. I am. Are you dressed to get into the time machine? To go away, back to your sweet 16. No, no, no. We're going back to 2004. Uh, I fished this gem out of the box, and it should have stayed there because this film never should have seen the light of day. Would you say masterpiece? Is, is that too strong a word? I think that's just totally incorrect. I think that is, that is total poppycock. Poppycock? There we go. Oh, jeez, you want to roll. Refresh my brain cells, because this was from 2004. Right, right. Uh, I'm going to play you this thing, and I want you to tell me if if you think that it's aged well, if it's aged at all. You are a cat woman. Every sight, every smell, every sound, incredibly heightened. Fierce independence, total confidence in human reflexes. So I'm not... 
patience anymore? You are patience. And you are Catwoman. What do you think of that masterpiece? Sweet Aunt Jemima. That was worse than I remember. I thought this could have really been Blade with a female lead. Yeah, Halle Berry had done already, she got an Oscar, she did not done a uh, Monster's Ball. So in theory, on paper, this should have, should have been a slam dunk. I think the tip-off that this was going to be a bad film was that the director only had one name. Yes. Pitoff. <laughs> Pitoff. Pitoff. You, you went to school with a Pitoff, didn't you? I went to school with a... Georg. Georg, and I went to exchange students we got, and then there was another one... Uh, Tiberius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tiberius. Wing every kind of jeans except blue. Didn't, didn't someone steal his jeans? <laughs> yeah, I think someone robbed him. He had like purple jeans and mustard jeans and some sort of a brown jean. Oh. Did you ever? I remember you said your brother had brown jeans at one stage. Yeah, he was a slave to fashion, that idiot. Look, I'm going to come clean. I actually had mustard jeans when I was in standard three. I think you just had jeans with mustard on them when you were in standard three. That's not true. They were... <laughs> <laughs> must have got them at Edgar's. Fine, fine. But for people who don't know and who haven't seen this, why don't you read the official synopsis? Okay, let me just get my little reader here. So, okay, we, the producers we, have prepared this for you, by the yes, way. Yes, of course. Victoria. Yes, and we've we've done uh, endless table reads, and uh, here we go. It's a story of a shy, sensitive artist, played by Halle Berry. Her name is Patience Phillips. Uh, she works as a graphic designer for a cosmetics company on the verge of releasing a revolutionary anti-aging product that is not all that it seems. Whale semen. It's probably a little bit behind the ears. Uh, when Patience inadvertently happens upon a dark secret her employer is hiding, she finds herself in the middle of a corporate conspiracy. And what happens next changes Patience forever. And much like this write-up, the trailer tells you nothing. It's almost like saying Batman is a story of a person who lost his parents and what happened next. Changed him forever. Changed him forever. This tells me nothing. So can you give me like a more dumbed down version? Okay, well, if, if you just want it in, in brass tacks. Basic, basic, basic. Brass, brass tacks. Storm from the X-Men dons a tattered cat costume and fights the woman from Basic Instinct. That's pretty much it. Is there that scene with the leg? The reveal? Well, there's lots of cleavage in this one. I mean, and that's the other ridiculous thing about this movie is that, you know, it's, it's Halle Berry and this is supposed to be a, a you know, a female hero story, but it's, it's nothing but gratuitous costume. I mean, it, the thing is tattered. It's ripped the whole time. And any opportunity for her to bend forward and, and, and just, you know, show off her cleavage, it's just with a, with a, with a movie name like Catwoman, you, you think it would tie into Batman in some way. Look, there was that little nod to Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie, but it was just that's all we got. Yeah. That was the most excited I was in that movie. Yeah. You just, you wanted more, you know, wanted actual proper Catwoman. I, I remember where I was when you emailed me the article. I was actually at home and you just said, um, check this out, kind of, this has just been released. It was her in the costume. It was, I think they were doing a makeup test or whatever it was. And I was, remember looking at it and I was struck by the fact that this looks like an adult movie parody. This does, does not look like a tactical costume. It has absolutely no utility. How do you fight crime or affect meaningful change or empower anyone with this this leather ensemble of bullshit? And the other thing is, what? Why is she Catwoman? What, what's the point of her being Catwoman? They don't really explain that. They don't go into, okay, great, this happens. Now she's got the powers of the cat. Now what? It's one of those things where I think you'd be safer carving your own eyeballs out. I've done that before, actually. Yes, I've seen you do it with a melon baller. As I've said before, you're the Batman expert. Why don't you explain to me and the listeners out there who Selina Kyle, which this character is not called, bizarre, 
the actual Catwoman was and and what it was actually supposed to be. Look, this obviously they try to do like a kind of a spin-off side kind of universe or something with Catwoman to kind of create a kind of a legend behind this power or whatever going from woman to woman or whatever the case may be but the original Catwoman obviously was a Batman's rogue and she was a cat burglar and the potential love interest for Bruce Wayne so Selina Kyle by day was you know this attractive woman that Bruce Wayne kind of had feelings for but then at night they would square off as Batman and Catwoman so you know in her history she would go from everything in the beginning to wearing the slowing dress with a cat mask to having the whip to going into the cat costume to going into more of a, like a, a, a like a spy kind of uh, series as well so they they've evolved the character quite i think even in the the uh, Batman year 1 i think she's a prostitute in that as right, well right you lent that to me i remember thinking geez this is very dark and um yeah so she's kind of always just been kind of a foil slash romantic interest um, and I'm not quite clued up on my Batman comics at the moment, but I think they're married at the moment. Whether that has come to an end, I haven't read anything in about a year. She didn't have Damien with No, that with was her. Ra's al Ghul's daughter, Talia. Right. I, always, uh, I never get, get those two get right. Get your women right, get, man. Oh, I try my best. I like Michelle Pfeiffer in the 1992 version. I like that. That movie I thought was great. Read dark and gothic. And she just played the hell out of that character. Um, and the outfit was a lot better as well. Yeah, it was just worked with everything, and and this, I feel the same about um, about this Catwoman as I do about Anne Hathaway. Just in the the Dark Knight Rises, it was just it just didn't resonate. It just didn't work with the character. It was just too far removed. How do you think it could have been better though? It's also because of PG thirteen. You see, they try to capitalize on on young teenage girls, which at that point that's not the demographic. I can't say to you, I know what they were trying to do. It was rudderless. I think they were trying to do a kind of like a thriller slash, and I think this was supposed to be the one first of many, because they were going to try and you know sow those seeds of the the legend of the Catwoman and in whatever way that it, it, it encompasses her and kind of you know empowers her. I think that was the whole plan, and then it just became like a B grade, made for TV telenovela. That's pretty much what it was. Back to two guys lose the plot. So we mentioned at the top of the show uh, that you're going to try really hard not to swear in the show. I am. uh, But I think you do not swear enough. I swear plenty. I think you could do better. No. Stop selling yourself short. Like a sailor on shore leave. Spread your wings and fly. Who's just received his pay packet. They get their packet in a pay, don't they? They get their pay in a packet. Yeah, I think both of those things. <laughs> they get their, um, this is happening again. Last week, <laughs> last week, last week, I said con- contraption instead of contractual. What is happening? No, you're slowly losing <laughs> your cognitive <laughs> function. <laughs> anyway, it got me thinking about uh, swear words and slang and words in general. And I remember when we st- first started becoming friends, you hated. Uh, certain words, specifically South Africanisms. Yeah, there's certain things that I just I just don't get. You know, well, I, you know, those that know me, I, my parents came from Europe, so you know, I didn't grow up very South African in my language. 
Right, right. So there's like all kinds of these weird things, and and, and sometimes it just like you know it, it just hits like a thud. You know, you know you when you're watching like an international show and you hear like a South African accent, it just Ooh. kind of stops you dead in your track. It's like a bread knife. That thing that'll cut through anything. There'll be no suspension of uh, disbelief when someone starts oaking it up. Yeah, brew. Tell me more, eh? Do you hate it as much as I'm going to throw out something here? Wuss rock. Wuss rock is like rock and roll that's trying to be tough, but it's just all hair. I like Bon Jovi. I like Def Leppard. I like Europe. How are we friends? It, I, it, it's, it's a mystery to this day. I think we should uh, hire a private investigator to find out. Well, anyway, uh, there's certain words I, I'm talking about that really, really, really upset you. You know, I don't call traffic lights robots. Why not? Because there's nothing robotic about them. This again. It's not like it's R2-D2. Oh, this again. This again. It's, it's, a, it, it's a light system that changes. It's not a robot. Robots, you know, go go lost in space and they aboard the Starship Enterprise. What do you want it to do? Do you, do you want it to say, uh, I will not injure you or cause the injury of another human being like Isaac Asimov's laws of robot? It's a robot. You, you realize the rest of the world calls it traffic lights. But some person couldn't fathom <laughs> that they, these lights are changing. It must be some sort of robot. <laughs> that's, I'm telling you, that's what happened. But, <laughs> Look, another example, cubby hole. What is your problem with that? What's a cubby and why has it got its own hole in your car? I don't know what the, the etymology of cubby hole is, but it's just a cubby hole. It used to hold gloves. It was the glove compartment because it held the gloves because the car didn't have a roof and your hands got cold, so you held... Where are these cubbies and, and, and why have I never seen one? They exist. It's just something that, you know, it's been adopted by us. And this yeah, is how I just goes. don't know what a cubby is. Right, fine. I'm going to throw another one at you. Let's see what you do with this one. Luppy. As in like the cloth? The cloth. I, I also don't understand what that is. What, I mean, it, I presume it comes from lup, which is like cloth, but. You know, it just, it sounds almost sexual. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't you bring that luppy over yeah, here? Yeah, c- come over tonight, I'll give you a luppy. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> it just sounds obscene. Uh, Drives me fucking... Yes. I'm, I'm actually... And you know what? I knew it wouldn't last. I knew it wouldn't <sighs> last because your rage and the rage of people, there's just something so descriptive about certain swear words. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, my chest is closed up. I actually feel like I'm having a heart attack now. You know what? For our next podcast, mm-hmm. we're going to record you drinking that thing. No. Yes. Do you remember that scene in an Interview with a Vampire where they're all exposed to sunlight and they turn to dust? That's going to happen to I, you. I just picture my gullet expanding like a bullfrog. That's right. Can I at least do it in sips? No, no, no. No sipping. You'll chug a lug. I'll die. You'll ch- you won't die. I'm actually going to record it audio and video. People get to see what you look like. Well, I'll have to do my makeup. You will, you'll have to do your makeup, and uh, you'll also have to dress in your best. You've got a Sailor Boy outfit, don't you? I do, or I'll just wear my adult diapers. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Can't believe it. Was this close? You, you I'm, were close. I'm, I'm <laughs> clenching my fist in I had, I had no doubt in my mind that, that this was going to happen, that you, this was inevitably going to happen, and that you would be chugging that stony. Zwei Geist loses a plot. So while we're talking about uh, colloquialisms, Machana... What's on at the bioscope, eh? Machomi. We ha- Do you mind Chomi? Machom? Do you mind that? It's not my... I, I worked with a guy where everyone was a Chomi. I think it's a kiff word. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, now you're letting them rip. Um, all right, let's take a look at what's on at the local bioscope. Mm. Uh, what do you got at your side? What is a bio and why is it in scope form? I'm going to look that up. Okay. Enough with the, the lollygagging. 
I'm not going to let that no. go. Mm. Okay, so we got at the movies, which we still haven't gone to yet, and it's becoming a bit of a broken record because we're looking unreliable and quite stupid. But anyway, there's Queen Pins, which has got Kristen Bell and Vince Vaughn. It's about a frustrated suburban housewife and her best friend who hatch an illegal coupon club scheme that scams millions from corporations and delivers deals to legions of fellow coupon clippers. So they hatch the scheme and hot in their trail is an unlikely duo, a hapless loss prevention officer and a determined U.S. postal inspector. Like kingpins, but with women, queen. Right. Yes. Uh, well, explain it to me a little bit slower. So there is a a, a, a a description for someone who's in charge of a criminal empire. He's called a kingpin, mm. like the kingpin in Spider-Man. Okay. Now they've taken king out and they've put the female version of king in queen. Right. So now it's Queen Pins. I, I've got, I, I mean, all the pieces are there. I you, just, you're nearly there. I can't put it together. This is not that Woody Harrelson movie. Oh, well, Vince Vaughn hasn't been in anything. He was in a horror last year. I, I watched him in a, yes, I watched, I watched that. It was on uh, the satellite machine. What was it? I don't know he the play, name. He gets reincarnated in he, someone's. Body swapping. Right, body swapping. He's a serial killer and he swaps with a. A teenage girl. It was actually terrible. It was. It was actually quite painful to watch. He's. It was no Catwoman. No, close. <laughs> I've got the Night House here. Um, film stars Rebecca Hall, who I think is very talented. Um, please, will you let her know? I will let her know next time I run into her. Down Rebecca, the, Steve the, says you're doing great. Yeah, well, next time we're at the farmers market, <laughs> Becca over here. <laughs> I've got great onions. <laughs> just so you know, just keep plugging away. Stephen thinks you're doing great. I know you've worked with Woody Allen, but he he's really rooting for you. Um, she's a widow who discovers a dark secret about the house her late husband built. How come the secrets are always dark? How come they're not light secrets or happy secrets? Because if it was a light secret or a happy secret, people wouldn't be keeping them secrets. It would be news. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> the best. It's like last week, uh, an uneasy alliance. <laughs> but all alliances are uneasy. Yeah, for, the, they're for, for, the sake, for the sake of drama, they need to be uneasy. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just called a duo. <laughs> and this was actually quite interesting. Produced by David S. Goyer, who co-wrote The Dark Knight. No, Batman Begins. And The Dark Knight, didn't he? Yes. Co- co-wrote The Dark Knight. And he directed uh, One of the Blades. Right. I, I, think, he's, um, I think he does great no, stuff. He did, he was, he's a comic book writer. He did a lot of uh, Justice Society stuff. Uh, nice writer. Very good. And uh, we've been speaking about this since last week, but I'm going to say a word and then you repeat it, but then you add something to it. Bond. Sticky Bond. No. Oh. Uh, you know, I line them up and I try to let you knock them down, but you don't. The only thing I'm knocking down is my self-confidence. Well, the, James Bond, you know that. He spoke about the fact that he was contraptually obligated. That's right. Is this the one where Sean Connery comes back? Sean Connery's dead. What? <laughs> Sean Connery, when did, was he, did he die this year? I think it was last year. Died last year. Uh, who's your favorite Bond? Roger Moore. See, I grew up with Roger Moore. Uh, me too. You see, that was when my parents rented the Betamax t- um, video cassettes. That the, bond, um, um, the Roger Moore ones were the first ones I saw. So I like, I like Roger Moore. For me, he, he, he's Bond. He's got that, almost that combination of, of deviousness, but also like charm to him. Uh, who was the one that, that was only in one movie? George Lazenby. <laughs> he was Australian. <laughs> oh, they dropped and, the ball and on that re- yeah, That if, was a heartbreaker. And if I recall, the only reason he got hired is because I think the director or the producer thought he was just an incredibly handsome man. Damn his acting skills. He's a looker. <laughs> 
You're hired. Never mind. You have to carry an entire franchise in the hopes of MGM behind you. What's what's this one actually about? I know they always involve some kind of a spy, possibly a terrorist yes. overlord and a plot to destroy the world. Is, is this anywhere in that ballpark? I think it is. I think you, we even have a deformed villain in this. So what's the title of the new one? No Time to Die. Well, no. who, who has the time? <laughs> I haven't got time to die. Ah, I'm busy. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. But uh, but I do prefer when uh, when they come up with these titles that make no sense. I'm busy doing shit. Can you um stop off at the store or you're going to die? I haven't got time to die. It's like, what was that Roger Moore one in space? Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Not even trying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, it, look, the, the title isn't great. This is the last one, right? Of the for Daniel Craig. For yes. Daniel Craig, do they know who the next Bond is? Well, I've been seeing a lot of things on the social media machine this week. Um, people have been saying they want Tom Hardy, which I, I don't think he's he doesn't right. have the presence for it. I think he just looks a little too rough around the edges. So then I've heard people want Henry Cavill, but he's like, he says he wants to be a villain. He's not interested in in playing Bond. Um, and there was another, there's a younger British chap. I didn't recognize who he was. So I think one of these young foppish gentlemen. He's got to be an up and comer though. He should be ideally in his late twenties, early thirties. He's going to, yeah. I think the whole plan is get someone young and, and strapping that can carry it for the next 20 years. What is this movie actually about? So from what I understand, okay, Bond's left the secret service and he's trying to like have some time to himself, but it, as we expect it short-lived. And then his uh, old friend, uh, the CIA agent, Felix Leitner, turns up and says, Bond, I need your help. And then what does Bond do? He helps him. And then they go onto the trail of a mysterious villain and it turns out to be Freddie Mercury. That's not true at all. Oh. How would that work from a story point of view? Freddie Mercury, the actor, or Freddie Mercury, the person? I thought, isn't it the guy that was in the movie? Isn't that the same person? No, that was an actor as well. That was Rami Malek. It's not... It's not getting it wrong. No. How will he fight a dead man? Or someone playing a dead man? That's up for the director to decide. Well, didn't you read for the part of Bond initially? I did. What did they say? What notes did they give you? They gave me a lot of notes. (laughs) One of them was, get out, and what are you doing here? Security. That sounds like great notes. They were great notes. Look, in Especially the, since it was in the director's bedroom at 2 a.m. <laughs> I'm here for my read. Is this something that you think, do you, you want to go see this? Do we have to go see it just because it's Bond? I think we have to. The only thing that's scaring me is I hear it's long. Three it's like, hours? It's three hours. I don't know if my bladder can take it. Look, I haven't got a problem with it. It's just, and I'm not telling them to reinvent the wheel. It works. But new technology... A spy coming out of retirement. I mean, isn't this something... Tom Cruise treads this exact same path every Mission Impossible movie. Why can they not do a Bond movie in a crisp 90 minutes? Why can't they just do it? This is what you need to do. This is the mission. This is the bad guy. Fight, fight, fight. Kiss the girl. Fight, fight, fight. Beat the bad guy. That's it. I think it's, from what I'm understanding, I think it's quite complicated, the plot. I think you've got to put on your your your, your mental cap. I don't want to do that in a Bond movie. You I'm see? not saying it's got to be explosions like a Michael Bay film. I t- I'm not saying that. Just give me a good spy movie. Casino Royale. Right. Right. They, they, they did it right the first time, and then it got more and more complicated. I liked Javier Bardem in the, uh, in the second one. It was him, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the second or third, where he's got the melty face. Yeah. 
The melty face. Yeah, I love good melty face. I like a good melty face as well. As well. <laughs> Let me just get my luppy to clean it up. Yes, because if you're going to, I think it would be kiff. You've just taken it one step too far. One day we shall return to the multiplex, though. And look, I say this every single time I have heard nothing about Top Gun. You said Tom Cruise was in stasis last week. I think they might be thawing him out right now. Um, they got the mops and buckets ready because it uh, takes quite a bit of time. A lot of mess, a lot of placenta around the place. Mm. It's you know, it's a it's a easily a five man job. A five man job. Yes, uh, much like that movie you starred in in '83. They couldn't even show the box of that film. Of which film? The five man job. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was too sticky, <laughs> <laughs> among other things. Yes. Look, we should go. We will. I definitely think we will. One day we shall return to the multiplex. I don't think they call it here. Cineplex, multiplex, bioscope. Look, now that things have opened up, I know you're dying to get some popcorn and mm. biltong and whispers. Put it all in the same box mm. and then talk throughout the movie. And shovel it in. Shovel and, it in. And, and repeat the funny lines because no one else got them. <laughs> That's right. Did you, did you hear that, honey? Did, did you hear that punchline, everyone? Let me say it again. Ah, <laughs> oh, the line repeaters. I love those people. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to actively pursue booking tickets for this. Are you on board? I'm on board. I'm on board like the Titanic. That ended terribly for everyone. It always ends terribly for us. So it could consider that a win. Uh, well, uh, you did go down with the ship. I went down on something. Uh, there it was. Uh, I, you know, I set him up, I've you got, knock him down. I've got to stop this. Well, uh, look, I'm just so proud of you. And I'm also going to ask that you start preparing for next week. I will be purchasing the Stony forthwith. I'm wondering if anyone has any throat exercises for me. Maybe I can, like, in The Simpsons, coat it with wax. You can try. Or do something, you know. I don't think it's going to do anything. I think you're going to be in a lot of pain. I think this is going to be almost like a scene from The Fly mixed with um, The Blob, mixed with... Tell me a movie where people exploded. I'm going to be like the end of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, with the face melt. <laughs> the, the, the Nazis face melting as I'm trying to drink the stony. is just going to disintegrate. That's right. It's going to collapse into a, into a heap of, a puddle of goo. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm just happy that I didn't lose uh, so that I can keep my pop. You know, he's one of my friends. Yeah. One of my real friends. He sleeps with you. Just snuggle him in. Don't worry, Popsy. Take me to dreamland. Fetch me a dream. It's nothing like that. That's not what the video footage says. Two Guys Lose the Plot is written by Lee Herman and Stephen Lewis. Copyright Tall Tales 2021. Got a question or a suggestion for the show? Email twoguys at talltales.co.za. Get more episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. This was a Tall Tales production. It's Catwoman! I said ridiculous, nonsense, foolish prattle.